Hello, romantics. I'm Sarah Gomez, author, romance lover, and host. You're listening to Romancing the Story, a podcast centered around writing, reading, and story structure, all with a twist of romance. We're at episode 55, and on today's episode, I speak with Kayla Gross, a second-time guest on the show, and we talk the influences for writing cowboys, building both grief and romance into character arcs, and how creating a series has differed from a standalone. If you're interested, links to connect with Kayla and buy her books are listed in the show description. I do use some affiliate links, so if you buy through the link, it helps the podcast and is always appreciated. With that said, let's jump right in. Welcome, best-selling romance author, Kayla Gross. Yay! Hi! We've had you on the show before, and it's awesome to speak to you again, because now you have a whole new book out and a series. So in case listeners don't know, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and your writing? Yeah, so I started writing back in 2019 with the new uh, adult fantasy romance novel, which is my wish revelations. And um, I totally thought I was going to be this like fantasy writer. And then I got swept up in the romance novel scene and came out with um, my first book. Well, my not my first book, but my first uh, rom-com, I guess you could say, starring a plus size babe rock star. I like you like that. And that took off and so many people loved it and I enjoyed writing it. And so then I decided to write another book with another plus size babe, but this time Cowboys and I turned it into a series. So (laughs) that's the short version. Well, and now that you've kind of gotten a taste for romance, is that kind of where you see your trajectory or is that kind of what's in your wheelhouse right now? That's what's like what's kind of doing it for you is kind of writing that romance or you think you'll go back to fantasy because it's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely, I mean, my fantasy was also a romance, so I definitely have always like been writing romance, but um, I think I will go back to fantasy at some point. I have actually, it's before I started, I'd like you like that. I was writing a mermaid book with a fat mermaid. And so, and I like had a map and everything and it's half written. So at some point I I would love to go back and, uh, and finish it because I love that story. It's kind of, it's spicy and fun and it's got like fae mermaids and different things happening. (laughs) I definitely though, see myself as for sure, like sticking in the romance genre, whether that be, you know, cowboys, rock stars or, or mermaids, I guess. Listen, you had me at like plus size mermaid. I am there. Like, take me there. I want to see that. I want to be in that world. I want to be immersed where there is like plus size mermaids and like all these fantasy characters that look kind of like me. I want it. I need it. Well, and like you kind of mentioned, we talked about like rock star romance that I like you like that a book last time you were here. And now you have a whole new release out with the cowboy flair called Rain Me In. What influenced you to go from rock stars to cowboys? Well, I am a cowgirl myself. <laughs> I've uh, grown up around horses and I used to, well, not used to. So I did own a horse when I was younger and I like showed horses. I was more in the English world though, not so much the like rodeo world or anything like that. Mm. Um And then I sold my horse to move out to LA after film school and kind of took a break from that. And then um, about 
five or so years ago, I started to get back into horses again here in Los Angeles. And then the book, I like you like that actually afforded me the ability to buy my horse that I have now, Atlas, who I've had since February. And, um, but I had already been like kind of getting back into the cowboy stuff prior to that. Like I was leasing horses and stuff and I liked the cowboy romance genre. And I had started reading a few books in that genre and love them. But I was like, what? Like none of these girls are plus size. They're all, you know, the, the like buckle bunny type, like very, uh, as they call them in the books, like petite, tiny, um, blonde, usually, <laughs> you know, the kind of like t- classical romance heroine, I guess, uh, especially in cowboy books. And so I said, you know what? Like I, with the horseback riding world, there is a huge bias specifically for larger women riding horses. Like if you go on TikTok and you see a larger woman riding a horse, you know that, that comment section nine times out of 10 is going to be pretty gnarly. The weight of the person on the horse and, you know, that that horse can't carry this person, da, 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 da. And I was like, you know what, that's, I've always felt that women in that, in the horse world have always had to also deal with body image issues. So I said, you know what, I want to write a cowboy romance with a plus size cowgirl. And that's really where the like spark came from to write uh, Rain Me In. And then I went to San Diego with some friends actually right after I Like You Like That came out. And we were outside a bull riding bar and I had this moment with like the bull wrangler, I called him, like where he was the one like putting on people on the mechanical bull. And we weren't in the bar. We were outside. You could watch it like there was glass and stuff like so he could I could hear him or whatever. But we could see people riding bulls. And this guy like that was working, I was standing next to four of my friends and he kept like looking at me and going like, you like, come here, come inside. And he did it like four or five times. And we almost went in there. Well, we tried to, but they had a cover and we were like, oh, we don't want to pay $20. Anyway, so that idea literally sparked the idea for Rain Me In. Um, and I went home and I started writing it. And and so those were the the influences for, for Rain Me In. I, I come from kind of a smallish Texas town. So like you had my heart at like when I started oh, reading Ray yeah. Me In. And like several of the characters like in your cowboy romance kind of rep that plus size body. Just blessed because <laughs> I that's what I grew up seeing. Right. And yeah. I do have friends. I have relatives who raise horses, who ride horses, who are involved in the rodeo. And like, that's just kind of what you see typically in the South. You see more of the plus size bodies more so than you do some of the smaller bodies. So like, that's why I was curious. I was curious, like if you had ever been to the South, if you kind of based it upon experiences in the South, because like that just felt like true to me as a Southern, true Southern girl who knows, you know, Southern hospitality and all the good food you eat around here. (laughs) I haven't been to the South too much. I've been there here and there, but I really wanted this. I definitely like know what you're saying. And so that was in my mind for sure. I wanted the town to feel like almost like sweet home Alabama, but with like curvy women. Like, I don't know. It was one of those things where I realized after I wrote it, I was like, oh, everybody except for the parents, I think are, are curvy. Like, and then the men, obviously they're like, you know, the typical romance guy would, but the yeah. women are definitely a little more curvaceous. Um, 
And yeah, it was intentional for sure. Uh, and then not at the same time. Like, I think I've started to sort of just picture all women that I write in sort of like a curvaceous nature. <laughs> you do have, you were talking about the bull riding scene, though, or I'm sorry, the mechanical bull riding thing. And listen, I know my friend, she was riding a mechanical bull and she's a plus size girl. She did better than all of us. Anyone who was like yeah. skinny, <laughs> mid-sized, anybody. And when I tell you the men were making eyes at her afterwards. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure (laughs) there is something about that that really get guys going. So like, especially if you can last a long time on the mechanical bull. So like, there's like, and that's just that is a whole thing that I'm I'm just glad you incorporated so much into this book, especially after I like you like that, where the main protagonist was plus size, but we just got to see more of it. Yeah, it was really a. I I was just talking to somebody about this yesterday, like the. Rain, uh, I like you like that was a lot about like Birdie and her journey as, uh, you know, a rock star who's living in this world where everybody around her is telling her to be a certain way. And she was dealing with the consequences of that world and also like her dealing with um, her body image and her with uh, Liam and when they were kids and him rejecting her and her thinking it was about her weight and stuff like that. So there was a lot of, I like you like there's just had so many components of fat phobia and different things and so with this book I was just like you know what she's fat she's happy with her body like this book already has so many things going on in it emotionally and that I didn't feel like that was necessary and I also just wanted this town to be sort of this loving town that was very accepting and of people and their backgrounds and who they were and what they looked like and so this book was very much more of like they just are who they are and it's more about their journey as you know as their characters versus what they physically look like oh yeah and you make a fantastic point this book Rainian is is such a departure from I like you like that very different in tone and what is being dealt with and everything like that what the emotional journey of the characters did the book originally look different from what readers will find in the current version and why did you decide to change some of the book? Yeah, it definitely, um, in the beginning, when I first had the idea, I actually, you know that song, um, I, don't, I don't know if you've heard it, it's by Cole Swindell, and it's the, they use the Heads Carolina, Tales California song in it, except he like makes a new song out of it. Um, like they, anyway, so it's the same song, but different. And it's basically like he sees this girl and she's doing karaoke. This is what the song's about. She's doing mm-hmm. karaoke. And then he's like falls in love with her. And so the whole song's like, let's jump in the car. We can go anywhere you want. Heads California tail, you know, sales Carolina kind of thing. Like they use that. And it's this, you know, love story, quote unquote, in this, in the, because all country songs are always a story, right? And I was like, oh, I kind of love that. Like this guy sees this curl across the bar and they go on a road trip together somehow. And like she was going to be a like had a divorce or something and he was going to be I don't know what he was going to be. But like and then the book shifted. I was like, OK, no, I'm going to it's going to be this thing. And like the brother, Kate, originally was like way funny. And he was like had a business where he was like selling steaks like. It was like totally different. And then as I started writing, I had, so I lost my grandfather last, not this past May, but the previous May. And so I was dealing with that. And then Mm -hmm. 
In January of this year, I lost my friend Sally, uh, and it was like my first dear friend that I've lost uh, to cancer. And I, so I was kind of in this grief journey of my own and it just evolved, I guess, like the book just changed. And that always happens. I feel like when you're writing, especially if you're like me, I don't write with a outline. (laughs) I try, but I like will literally kind of plot, like roughly plot things out and I never follow it ever. It always changes because I feel like my characters, they definitely speak to me. And they tell me where they want to go and what they want to have happen. And so that's the the story always just evolves into into sort of whatever is happening in my life and whatever the characters are telling me, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so sorry you lost your friend and and your grandfather. And that was like and and you feel it through the book because you did take a nuance, a very nuanced approach to it. Like, I find the character arcs in the book are very like real and like they're raw and emotional. And, you know, the female protagonist is a little prickly and she's but she's dealing with her own loss, her own grief. And so is the male protagonist in his own way, dealing with a lot of that personal turmoil. There was quite a bit of exploration of how grief is so personal and how it's hard to quantify one loss and how it affects people or how it's supposed to affect us. Was creating an introspective character arc always part of how you wanted to approach grief in a romance? Yeah, I have always been, like my writing, I feel like it's always been way more realistic. Like, you know, and some people, it's not their cup of tea. Like when they read, they want to go off into another plane of existence. And that's totally fine. I, I like that too. Sometimes I think it depends on whatever it is you want to, you want to read. Um, but I, it's funny when I first started writing this book, I told my friend, I was like, let's Nicholas Sparks this shit. Like I wanted to, uh, like have it be like a sad book, but with like sex, but then also, you know, romance and funny moments. And like some of my favorite scenes are the bull riding scenes and like the bar every time they're at Nighthawk, like I wanted Nighthawk to be sort of this central location where like fun things happen. So if you're going to Nighthawk, you know, like stuff's going to be fun there. (laughs) And I wanted all my characters to just be very well-rounded, but also have things that are happening in their lives outside of, you know, Nighthawk. Like I wanted there to be everybody, I wanted everybody to have something that was going on for them, whether that was, you know, like I have my, cause I'm a really big into side characters. Like, uh, and I, people tell me this a lot, like, oh, you build up your side character so well. Like, I love all your side characters, sometimes more than your main. And I was like, I know, oh, I have the tendency to do that because I love them too. I'm like, oh, I want, I want them to be like, have stuff going on too. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted all of my characters to just sort of have this nice arc of, of like, they start, you know, point A and then they're sort of figuring their way through it as the book goes on. Well, and that's so interesting to me that you say you don't outline and yet you did such a fantastic job, like, like building all these character arcs. Like you said, you have these wonderful side characters that all have their own like personal arcs. And like, you give them a lot of background for these side characters that I kind of want more of them. Of course, you know, since this is a series, I'm hoping we'll get more of them. Was Ramey and kind of like different building the series? Did you go into it thinking it was going to be a series or did it kind of spiral? to become a series. I knew pretty early on that I at least I'm going to write Kate's book. I don't know beyond like that necessarily, but um, I knew that I wanted for sure to write both brothers uh, because as I started writing, Kate kind of became 
one of my favorites Mm -hmm. and I've never written such a young character like Kate's 21 most of my characters that I've ever written are at least 24 usually which to me makes a big difference 21 24 it's like mm. that's to me at least I felt a lot different as 21 versus 24 you know and but he's also kind of like this old soul who's got so much going on and like I said he initially like when I look at my notes from because what I like to do because since I grew up in the film um well not grew up but I went to school for film and stuff is I very much I build my like start of my books like a movie pitch. So I'll have the characters listed out and then I'll put, you know, their personality traits and kind of their character arcs and where their starting points are. And like I said, Cade was totally different. He was like the life of the party, which he still kind of is, but, and he's super funny and super charismatic and, and he's like, he's has a thriving business where he is selling off like, you know, beef, like Texas grade meat and like, you know, like organic, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things I had, I don't know. He was just a totally different character. And then literally I started writing Gavin's chapter and he changed immediately. It was like, I don't, he just went from, he still has some of those qualities, but it's, he became just this other character. And then I felt really drawn to writing him as, as a big part of Gavin's arc, because I felt Mm -hmm. like, you know, he's the younger brother, like Gavin's older brother. He he feels like he has to take care of his younger brother, but in actuality, they're not that much older than one another, like 24, 21, you know, it's not that huge of a difference, but so I really liked kind of trying to figure out how they would sort of exist and how their grief was handled differently between them within the family as well, and how the mom treated each of them differently and how that am- impacted Gavin's storyline. And then in my brain, I also had in the back of my mind, like what was happening with Cade while he was off doing his own thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's lots of like little Easter eggs in the book about where, like what he was doing and where he was and who he's with and stuff like that. Well, and it's so interesting. I I keep forgetting Kate's like 21 because there are moments like I just I kind of forget he seems like a lot older. Like you said, just like he seems like like an old soul. So I kind of when you said that just now, I was like, he's 21. And I was like, oh, yeah, he is 21. (laughs) But it's just he does feel older. Yeah. He has moments where he's like, I tried to make him pretty explosive. Um, Hmm. I remember one beta reader was like, oh, he went from like hot to cold really quick. And I was like, well, he's 21. Like he's like, he doesn't have this sort of filter yet that you get as an adult where you're like, calm it down. Okay. You know, (laughs) he's just like, I'm mad, you know? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Like that life experience, right. We have as a, you know, to, to kind of, okay, simmer down, simmer down a little bit. Like, let's kind of figure this out or let's just kind of keep a cool head about it. You know, let's not show all our cards, but he also, he's going through grief, like you said. So sometimes those manifest in different ways of handling that. And, and I'm glad you showed like such a distinction between different types of grief because people do, people do grieve in their own ways. And it was a really interesting dynamic you showed between like all the characters and how they handled that and how they actually interacted with each other throughout it. Yeah, I think I just I tried to kind of touch on like all the different experiences of grief that even I've had, because, you know, there'll be certain people that die that, you know, I knew or acquaintances with or something. And you kind of have like there's different types of grief, right? Or like a pet dying. That's a different Mm -hmm. type of grief. 
And, uh, you know, I have friends who have gone through really interesting experiences of grief, like child loss, different things. And so how they deal with grief and how, you know, my mom, you know, my mom lost her father. I lost my grandfather. Like, how is that different? You know? And so of course, like Blake's parents are going to handle things differently than, and she also has been gone for five years. So it's kind of like they lost two children and like, how did they sort of move on from that? And then, um, you know, and then you've got this sort of Southern family that I tried to write very traditionally, like the mom and the grandma, the matriarch of the family. And like, then you've got the older son, who's now the head of the household, but is Mm -hmm. he really, and like, how is he dealing with the grief and how's the younger brother? And yeah. So I really tried to think of all those things of like, cause I wanted people that read it to be able to say like, Oh, like I, I can relate to X character, but I see how, I, I don't know, maybe heal them too, depending on like, uh, like seeing how people interact with each other during that grief process, I guess. There's a personal element to all the grief. And I think you did do a wonderful job of trying to show how that interaction and you focused on the grief, but then you also, I think you did a really wonderful job of like picking up and saying, okay, like, where do we go from here? And kind of worked in that dynamic of like, moving on from the grief, but like still settle, like you're settling in it. You're trying to reconcile with it, but you're still trying to move on or trying to move into the new normal. So I Mm -hmm. I think that was really interesting. And I think you'd handled it very wonderfully, especially with like, like I said, there wasn't just the main character, the main male protagonist who was dealing with it. It was also the female protagonist, Mm -hmm. which was like a double, like you kind of had a double whammy there. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know it would be too much when I first started writing it, but then I actually liked it because I was like, what happens if two people that are going through separate processes of grief, but also like he lost his best friend too five years prior. So Mm -hmm. it was like, but I felt like Gavin, like what I liked about him was he was almost like this pillar of like, I he recognized that grief was hard and like things have changed and stuff like that. But he also in his own way had kind of figured out how to process it. So to me, he was almost like the one that had the best handle on it, even though his translated more into like doing, you know what I mean? There's always like the doer of the grief where it's like, Oh, well, that happened, but like, I still got to, I still got to go and like move on and stuff like that. And what I liked about Blake was she's kind of opposite. She's sort of stuck in this yes. grief. And so to them together, I felt like was good. Cause she was able to say like, well, what about you? Like who's taking care of you and helping him sort of process through that and lean on her verse. And then he was able to be like, same thing with her, but help her in a way that was like, you know, it's not your fault, like there and holding her in a way that helped her kind of get out of that unstuck place, if that makes sense. So, and she also was very similar to Kate in a lot of ways, I felt like. So, and I did that on purpose. I was trying to do like sort of a mirror and I don't know if it worked, but I was trying to do like where he would have never really realized it, but she was also sort of like her, like his brother, like not like he was dating his brother, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Like he was able to help her because he was also like dealing with his brother and having to, and Mm -hmm. like when you're, it's a sibling, it's harder because it's like, ah, family curses. And so you get angry, but then here's this woman that he's like falling in love with, who's kind of similar to his brother. So like by helping her through and being more compassionate with her in that process, he was able to be more compassionate with his brother because of that. 
the romance in particular too, when you kind of started building that romance, those romance pieces, it was, it came from a place of like interest of like, I'm interested in you, you know, and the tension um, as opposed to like shared trauma. Like, and I think that's an important, that's an important distinction, I think, is like having this romance grow from places of we're healing together or we're, um, we are interested in each other. We, there's this sexual tension already and everything like that established instead of like, there's just a traumatic experience we happen to share. You know, I think mm-hmm. there, you did a very layered approach with that. And I, I think you did a great job. It, was it difficult to write like that shared traumatic experience while simultaneously building the romance in there? Sometimes, but what I think helped me with that was that Blake, like, you know, the incident happens and then she was like, bye. (laughs) She's like, I'm out. (laughs) She was just like, like her, she couldn't physically, like she went, I think from being, you know, this happy, joyful, like Gavin describes her a couple of times from his perspective of her, like, you know, this barrel racer, this winning championships, and she's sleeping with guys and having a good time. And, you know, she's got this fun brother is like her best friend. And, and then it's like the incident happens and she's like, she checks out. She's like her, mm-hmm. she physically cannot handle it. Um, Cause it was almost to her, like losing her twin, even though they were five years apart, you know, in age. And so, she had to like go off and Gavin in a way like he's always though he's like again he's the pillar he stays he's like he's there obviously he was young at the time when it happened but you know he stays he's there he's working for his family so I don't know it kind of felt like it wasn't too hard because in a way even though they shared the experience they didn't at the same time so in a way Blake like she never really thought of Gavin as anything other than, you know, her brother's friend that she saw here and there. And so versus he always kind of like saw her and admired her and, you know, the hot older sister kind of thing. And it wasn't too hard in in that sense, just because I didn't feel like their traumas crossed too much. Like they did, but they didn't. That's why I think he was able to also like help her through it because he had stayed and processed like the brothers, his best friends, like Mm -hmm. death versus she had it. So, and then, you know, he had all this other stuff going on, but thankfully (laughs) that was actually probably pretty easy. The, the romance, but I'm also a romance, like a a romantic. So like, that's Mm -hmm. also my favorite to write is that build of the romance, you know? It's usually top of mind to me because I sometimes when like therapy sessions, they always tell you, you know, you want to build healthy bonds as opposed to like a shared trauma bond. (laughs) So like I was really, I was like very like thankful. And like, I I love that you incorporated this, that they had this, they kind of, like you said, they kind of, but they kind of didn't have this kind of shared trauma, you know, like they both lost someone very close to him. She lost her brother. He lost his best friend, but it was very, it looked so different and it wasn't necessarily something they necessarily like, it didn't build the romantic pieces on top of that. And it didn't like, that's not where it spurned from. It spurned from like, from the place of healing. So that was an important thing that I found that was really interesting and like just a different approach to it that I I think is just getting more nuanced, I think, and is really starting to come more into fruition of like that mental health portion, mm-hmm. especially in the romance area which we're starting to see more of. And I think is really important. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting. I'll always get like one or two reviews or something that says, and this happened with, I like you like that too. Like, thanks so much for including therapy. Like as a therapist, I'm really like happy that you included this. And, and, you know, I've gone to therapy before and after a traumatic thing and it helped me, um, you know, and so I felt like, 
it was interesting. Like I kind of had Blake be sort of that person that's like, eh, like, I don't don't really know if I need it, you know? And her mom's Mm -hmm. like, oh, hello. (laughs) And so, but I really wanted to, I always think it's good to like, what I tried to do with this book though, is like, not say like, that's what she had to do, but just as an option. Like, if this is something that you feel like her mom was like, I feel like this could be good for you and letting like sort of process through her own stuff with the help of her experiences with Gavin and being back in town and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I think it was good for Blake because I really like her relationship with Gavin gave her something outside of her grief to like, like deal with, you know? So she was helping him with the ranch stuff while he's helping her with the grief stuff. So it was like, it was a way for her to, to like actually think outside of herself for the first time in five years, I felt like, because she had just, escaped her, her her trauma, you know, and then came back um, to deal with it. And she had to deal with other things too, at the same time, which is, I always, again, I think it's good. You'd like to be able to move on and do things, but still process at the same time. And like you said, like some people, it's just a different type of, of grief, you know, different way of processing it. Some people like to get lost, you know, in their thoughts or, or escapism, use some sort form of escapism, but then other, like maybe reading a romance, <laughs> uh, but some other people are just doers, right? And that's what helps them get out of their own head and kind mm-hmm. of like work through that. So like, it just depends on kind of, you know, and where you fall on the spectrum and kind of what type of grief it is. It's just, and it's just so different for everyone. And I like that you show just that all those different kind of shades of different types of grief and how people deal with them. And you gave options like therapy in there because I do think, you know, I do remember that from a like you like that, which I thought was really cool um, because I do like to see like those type of things integrated in romance because it should be, we we should not be afraid to say those things or, or say like, you know, therapy is an option. Remember that therapy is an option out there for us when dealing with those. Yeah. And it'll be really interesting to see what Kate does because I feel like his book is gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be intense. Like I kind of told people I was I haven't started writing it yet, but like in my brain, I mean, and as you know from reading the book, like there's a lot going on with him. And so I it's gonna be interesting to see and like his like his love interest, at least so far in my mind, like I said, I haven't written it yet, so it could change. Mm-hmm. She has like no trauma, really. Like she kind of has some like body image stuff, but like, but like she doesn't, you know, like Kate's going to be like, whoa, like you've got a lot going on, sir, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see. And like you said, I like the word escapism. Like that is Kate. Like he is like escapism 101. Like that's his deal. Oh, I'm so interested to read his book. But how has that, like, and that's a good question. Like, how how has it been, like, writing a series as opposed to a standalone? Has it been, like, a little different in the, like, thinking about, like, Cade's book in the process or kind of thinking ahead? Like, has the writing yeah. process and, that, like, just, like, thinking of all these different pieces been a little bit different? Yeah. So my my new adult book is actually a duology, and I haven't... <laughs> I haven't posted the, or I haven't published a second book yet. Ah, oh, sorry, people have read it. Uh, it's been like four years. That's why I say sorry. Um, and so I was hesitant to like potentially do this. That's why I also with Ramian, like I really wanted to give it though, like a solid ending, like, okay, you know, so that way if I decide I need to take a break from it or something and come back to it, like nobody's left on like pins and needles waiting for like a, you know, a cliffhanger or something like that. 
Um, because it is different. It's hard because you have to remember what I wrote about him and the, it like, I have to line up timelines and because mm-hmm. in this specific book too, it's not like I'm just going from like in order, like I have, I have to go back and write from the beginning of this book again. So it's like, mm-hmm. so there's going to be repetitive things like repetitive scenes with gap, like obviously where I've you know, so that's nice. I can use what I've already written, but at the same, in some scenes, but at the same time, it's like, you have to go back and be like, okay, wait, where was he? What was he doing? Like, does this make sense? And, you know, it was the same. That's, I think I wish to has taken me longer as well as because, you know, on top of the timelines and stuff, I've also got magical things happening. And so I have to remember like how magic works and, you know, there's a lot. Mm -hmm. So it is, it's definitely, there's, there's a lack of freedom it, sometimes I feel like in writing series, at, at least for me. So sometimes that is my sh- shortcoming is like when I feel restricted, sometimes I feel like ah, I don't want to do it, you know? So I have to really focus, but I promise I will write. <laughs> I was like, I'm always like, I've got the second wish book written. I just need to edit it. And <laughs> I just have to sit down and do it. And like with Raid me and it'll be the same or the next book it'll be the same thing like okay I'm excited to write his book though so I'm sure it'll be fine it's just uh, getting out of your own head sometimes I feel like with series is the important part well and I think it's a really gross part as a as an author you know because I think a sta- I feel like a standalone is very different from like writing a duology like because like you said you don't have to think necessarily of all these other like pieces that'll go in a later book right you don't have to yeah. necessarily consider that but i'm 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 really glad that you kind of like you're approaching it in a very a way that works for you like you're just like okay i know i, I, wa- I really want to do it and here's what i'm going to do because you're going the approach of like just two books at least you're not committing yourself to like i'm going to make it a 10 book series or something like that <laughs> something crazy yeah. you know I, I think it's really cool that you're two thinking already of like, okay, here's what the timeline is going to look like. Because too, that's, you know, I know readers are so voracious and they love those things. Like, so they love those little Easter eggs or they love like going back and seeing like from maybe a different perspective. So like those are things that they will definitely catch on to pretty quickly. I get asked all the time if I'm going to write, you know, Ben and Ren from, I like you like that. And yes, please. Thank you. I love that. Even as a novella, please. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I always like, yeah, like I was saying, so people, yeah, they always ask me that and I'm just like, uh, but they were wrapped up in a pretty bow. Like, know. you know, they had, I know, but everybody loves them. So maybe someday I'll do a novella like and see, because people just love them so much. But it was, it's just this funny thing where I was like, when I wrote, I like you like that because of what happened with wish. I was like, this is not a series is a standalone. Like, you know, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, but they're married guys. Like they're good. And they're like, no, we want to know what happened. I'm like, oh, (laughs) I know. I know. I figured that was the end of this story, but I just, I just love the character so much. I was just like, but Ben and Ren are so cute. I mean, they even have like matching names. How can you not love? Ben was one of my favorite characters to write. Like, and it's funny because uh, Ben and Ren in that book, they're both like characters based off friends of mine who dated in high school. They're not together anymore haven't been since high school but so I always tell them like you guys are like the favorites everybody loves you and they just think it's so funny because there's we're all still friends and everything and so it's kind of this funny thing 
But, That's yeah. a funny though that you kind of incorporate like real people. No wonder they feel like really three dimensional, like real characters. Because I, I do love your characters. Your characters do feel like real. Like I feel like I do know them. Some you know, like because they do have a great background. They have great personality. You consciously or subconsciously kind of like say like I might take a little piece of this person, a little piece of that person, kind of make a new character or something like that. <laughs> I, I can genuinely say with Rain Me, and I felt like all of those characters were in my brain, you know, and of mm. course, like they probably have attributes of people that I know for sure. Um, mm. But I like you like that. No, it was very intentional. I was like, okay, this is Lene, this is Tyler, this is Caitlin, this is, you know, because it was sort of this high, I was writing a lot of like high school experiences of my own and things like that. So um, it was sort of like a, a nod to my high school friends. And and it was kind of funny because Rain Me In, that trip that I took to San Diego was with three of the girls from my high school group, but one of them being Ren, Lene, that was why I named her Ren. Cause we oh. called her Len. So, um, and yes. so it was funny, like we were on that trip and I like you like that had just released and it was like going crazy. And so they were all like, Oh my God, that's so crazy that like a book with like us kind of in it is all like, no, it's crazy. And then we went, you know, to that bar and I, that that's what sparked the idea for the mechanical bull and like the meet cute of Gavin seeing her across the room and being like, you come ride the bull. And, Mm -hmm. and then I literally wrote the book and then it's out seven months later. And so my friends are like, that's crazy that we were on a trip and you got your idea from that. And now it's a whole book. They're like, wow, like, you know, it always blows their mind. (laughs) So I was like, maybe I need to keep going on trips with that. That's what I was about to say. I was like, you obviously need to have more experience with these girls or like with your friends you can keep writing books for us I I'm working currently on a novella Christmas novella that I think I'm going to put underneath a a pen name and that this is like the first book where I'm like nope there's no there's literally no experience like nobody's anybody it's just like it's just a dirty Christmas book basically and so it'll be really interesting I'm interested to see like how people take that because it's so that's why I'm writing it under a pen name because it's such departure from like what we were just talking about having these characters with like but I find that I can't I can't not like as I started writing my new book I was like like my characters can't not have all these like depths to them and like things like even when I'm just trying to write a novella they're in my brain they become these like complex beings you know and I'm like it's just a dirty Christmas book like stop it (laughs) can't I'm I'm like I feel like I have to include like I started writing about like because he's this twin brother and I started writing about you know why they're different I'm like no like stop like and I was like, before you know it, this is going to be a full 400 page book, like knock it off. So like, that'll be interesting to see too, how a novella kind of, it, how different it is for you. Because I know some people can sh- write short, some people before. can write short, some people can't. I know. So we'll see. I've never written before. That's why I'm saying it might ended up just being like a book that's 200 pages or something. Who knows? But mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, we'll see what happens. I like took like a weekend off of work in July and I said, okay, I'm just going to sit down and like try to bang, like bang it out again. I have to remind myself like quick action, like things are happening quickly in novellas. Like mm. there's no time to like, again, what we we're just talking about, like develop these crazy layered storylines in, I mean, you can, but you know, that's not why people are going to come and read this book. So I just have to remember, like, yeah. go to the action quickly. So as soon as I start writing, like, something kind of departure, I'm like, no, delete, like, go back. 
Yeah, that's something I've always talked about with a couple of girlfriends of mine because we've talked about doing like novellas or like anthologies together with little novellas in them. But like we're just like, can, but can we write short? Because that is, the, like you said, that's the key to it. The action's always happening. We're always moving on pretty much the next thing unless we're going to draw, unless it's like some of certain scenes that are drawn out, but it's only very few of them. And we've talked so much about these amazing books about uh, Rain Me In. I like you like that. So where can listeners find your books and how can they connect with you? Yeah, so um, my books are all on Amazon. So that's the best place to buy them. I believe I like you like that. That's on Barnes and Noble, but um, yeah, so Amazon's the best place to buy my books or www.kaylagross.com if you want a signed book with some fun stickers and things. <laughs> um, and oh my gosh, all of my social medias are like different. That was uh, bad on me, but uh, at Kayla Gross on Twitter, uh, at Kayla Writes Life on Instagram and at Kayla Gross Writer on TikTok. (laughs) Um, So yeah, those are all the places you can find me. Thanks so much to Kayla for joining the show. Be sure to follow me on social media at Romance the Story. That way you can keep up with new and prior guests as well as episodes to come. And if you're enjoying the content, please follow, share, or leave a review. It helps the podcast. As always, Stay safe, be well, and keep writing. Bye!